The Soccer Gambling Podcast is presented by WinBet. Bet $10 at WinBet and get $200 in free bets. Bet big, win bigger with WinBet. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com and start winning today. We're also brought to you by PropSwap, America's marketplace to buy and sell sports bets. Use the promo code SGP on your first deposit to receive up to $500 in bonus cash. Head over to PropSwap.com or download the PropSwap app. We're also brought to you by Stable Jewel. Stable Jewel is a horse racing DFS app where you can play free and paid games for real cash prizes. You can win as much as $25,000 with one entry. Head over to StableJewel.com to get started today. And of course, don't forget to download the SGPN app, your home for all of our free picks and all of our free podcasts. Flipping it in towards Lindelof. Delft taking charge. It's rifled back in as a really good strike from Rashford. Well stopped from Pickford, who might have had a great view of it. That's a chance. for the ball to be played quickly into his feet. Rashford the target. Another excellent save from Pickford to deny him for the second time this afternoon already. It's a great start. Caught again. Gordon almost perfect. Jamison able to pick it up, but it's just taking an extra couple of seconds. In towards Iwobi. This is Gordon. And Tennis. 
Pickford threw an arm at it and got it in the way. It's a big save. I'm not sure how much he actually threw an arm. Jim, as opposed to Ronaldo, just struck him. He takes that touch there. He hits it. Oh, it's a deflection. You're right. You are listening to Bet MUFC here on the Soccer Gambling Podcast. You can follow Bet MUFC on Twitter. It's at Bet MUFC. That's at Bet MUFC. You can also follow the Soccer Gambling Podcast. They are at SGP Soccer. That's at SGP Soccer. And finally, also follow the Twitter account for LockBetting.com. It's at LockBetting.com. That's at LockBetting.com. That's LockBetting.com without the dot. That is my premium pay service that has delivered 106 months in a row of transparent track profit. That means we are just two months away from being able to say we haven't had a single losing month in sports betting for nine straight years. In fact, we are only six weeks away from being able to say that. Usually, I wouldn't encourage people to sign up in the middle of the month because of the billing cycle. When you sign up for my lockbetting.com, which is run by a Patreon page, you are immediately billed. So you'll be billed for the entire month, even if you sign up now. And you'll be billed again on May the 1st. But there's just so much left to come this month. We have boxing action this weekend and next weekend with Errol Spence and Tyson Fury both fighting. Our last boxing card ended up going 9-1. and one. Obviously, we have a ton of domestic soccer action. We are going strong in the tennis at the moment in clay court season. And we have the NBA playoffs as well. We've had a very, very strong NBA season and we look to finish strong. And if that wasn't enough, we also have Champions League at the end of the month. Champions League and Europa League will return again for the semi-finals, And the first legs will happen within this month. It happens in the final week of April. So there is still so much to come. Therefore, there is still big, big reasons to sign up for LockBetting.com and be a part of this 100 and seventh month in a row. If you want to do your research first, the pin tweet at lockbetting.com, the Twitter account, is always the PL from the previous month. But you can go and look at all of the PLs by going to that spreadsheet. Look at the little tags at the bottom. They say things like NBA, soccer, tennis, US sports, etc. One of them says PL. By clicking that, you'll be able to see all of the previous PLs, not just the most recent month, which was the month of March, which was our 106 month in a row of transparent track profit. But you can see all of the other months. You can see the members' comments at the bottom, which tells you that this is 100 tracked and transparent. Otherwise, they wouldn't be making those comments. Instead, they would be pointing out plays that were not added or plays that were taken away that lost. None of that happens. We are one. 100% legitimate with this site. But the most important thing I think to have a look at is the type of bets we do. Are the stakes right for you? Are the props findable at your books? Have a look through all of that before you sign up. And when you do sign up, sign up as early as you possibly can to get as much as you can out of this month. Get that remaining box in action as two boxing cards across the next two weeks. Get as much soccer as you can. And of course, get signed up in time for the next round of games in the NBA playoffs. As I said, we're looking to finish this season strong. We've had a great season in the NFL. We've had a great season in the NBA. We're having a strong, strong soccer season. We're hammering it out in the tennis at the moment. There really is no better time to sign up over at lockbetting.com. 
Unfortunately, I can't say that there has been no better time to be a Man U fan, as I think this is one of the worst times in history to be a Man U fan. The only time I can think of when it was worse was when David Moyes was sacked after taking over from Alex Ferguson and we temporarily had Ryan Giggs for that period. But still then there was a feeling that it was temporary. That was more of a blip. We were used to winning under Ferguson and the feeling was that when the next manager came in at the time, Louis van Gaal, we'd be fine again. We'd be big again. We'd start winning again. We'd win the Premier League again very soon. And that never, ever happened it's coming up to 10 years soon. It's going to be nine years at the end of this season. It'll be 10 years if we don't win it next season, which we won't. And now it's becoming a very, very long time. And we are eking into Liverpool territory where they took 30 years to win the league again. And they had some success in between. It's looking like we're moving further and further away from any success It's looking like we're 100% not going to finish in the top four this season. And doing these podcasts about Manchester United specifically is almost going to become redundant when you're looking at on-field activities. What's going to be the most interesting thing now will be the bust-ups, will be the the announcement of Ten Hag probably after the Dutch Cup final and uh, and hearing and seeing who he's going to get rid of and who's going to stay. We already had... um, Nemanja Matic state that he's going to be leaving Man United at the end of the season. We know Jesse Lingard's leaving. We know Paul Pogba is 99% leaving as well. Um, I cannot see Cristiano Ronaldo playing under Ten Hag. So it's going to look like an exodus from Man United, which is probably for the best. And with Ten Hag coming in to take, to take over, for me, it can really only go one way. It can go really, really well. We can hit the ground running and his philosophies will be immediately taken on by the players and they'll believe in him and it'll be the big change, the big sweeping change that we need. And when I say big change, that doesn't mean that I think that we're going to suddenly start challenging Liverpool and Manchester City. In fact, I think there's a significant gap between Liverpool and Manchester City and Chelsea, who are the third best team in England. And then I think there's a huge gap between Chelsea and the likes of Tottenham and Manchester United. And then I think there's another gap between Man United and Tottenham and and Arsenal, who I think are doing very, very well to be where they are in the table with their young players. But I don't think they should be up there. I think Tottenham and Manchester United should be significantly ahead of them. But when you look at Chelsea as being in a tier of their own. That's because Man City and Liverpool were so good. But we saw how good Chelsea were as well by winning the Champions League last season, by by coming back against Real Madrid and almost going through. And the way they've played against Tottenham this season, they've beat them every time they've played them. Harry Kane's lucky that he's leading Tottenham towards the Champions League and that Rudiger has let him out of his pocket because Tottenham couldn't do anything against Chelsea this season. That's the difference between those two teams. So I think Manchester United and Tottenham are the clear fourth and fifth teams that will be challenging for the Champions League, not only this season, but again next season. And as for fourth place contention this season, it's over. It's still between Tottenham and Arsenal on paper, but it's over for me because Arsenal's running is just far too difficult. And for them to lose against Crystal Palace and, for, and against Brighton, I think it's done and dusted. I think we're covering a redundant topic in the show and that's not really, that's not really going to be good for listenership. 
But I think people are mainly primarily listening for things to bet on here on this show. But even then, I'll be the first one to say it. On the EPL show, I'm fantastic. I've been fantastic for years. That's why we have an EPL show. That's why we've been able to have more and more shows. That's why we had a Das Bundesliga show. And that's why we have Scamessa Italia. But, um, but as far as covering Manchester United this season, being able to give out winning plays... I've been around about 50-50. It's been impossible almost to to cover Man United. And that's with taking my obvious bias out of it. At times, I have turned around and gone against Man United. A lot of times, I've gone for Man United. A lot of times, I've stayed away from making a pick. And I've gone with either both teams to score or an over or an under or whatever. But I don't think that my picks have been highly successful. And if this is the home of where we're going to be covering the top four race... I don't think there is one. I honestly feel, and and I've been consistent with this, where I've said that Tottenham, for me, are the favourites, looking at their running at the end of the season. And I really believe that now. And it's not just because of the form that Tottenham are in. Whether they be in this blistering form or not be in this blistering form, this running looked unbelievably easy. Because according to my maths, they would be coming up against a whole bunch of teams, whether they were playing well or not who didn't have anything to play for. Teams that weren't in relegation battles and teams that weren't going up for European places, they're almost the perfect fixtures. Other than having to go away to Liverpool, I think it's very, very plausible that Tottenham win all of their remaining games, beginning with Brighton this weekend. But we'll talk more about that over on the EPL show because Tottenham and Arsenal are both in action. Manchester United are in action against Norwich. Looking back at that game against Everton, what can you really say? I have picked out some audio clips from it. Again, Ralph Ragnick was was making excuses. According to him, we were absolutely dominant in the first 25 minutes to half an hour. We should have taken our chances and we were punished for not going a couple of goals ahead. I don't know what game he watches. I don't know what he defines as clear-cut chances. Yes, we had chances, but I wouldn't put them down as two clear expected goals. Now, I'm not really even a huge believer in expected goals as a metric, but if I was and they counted as expected goals, I wouldn't have Manchester United 2.0 goals up as a result of the chances that we created in the first 25 minutes. Yes, Rashford had a couple of shots at goal, but I think Ralph Ragnick is really, really clutching at stores at the moment. And let's just draw a line on this situation. It hasn't worked. And I think it's worked so badly that it's difficult to even see Ralph Ragnick moving upstairs now and the club having any belief in who he wants to bring in and what his opinion is on, on who the um, who the next manager is. And I think, anyway, that part of it's been done. It is going to be Ten Hag now. I do think, obviously, Ragnick was consulted in that. But how much consultation do you want to have in Ralph Ragnick moving forward when when we've had this experience with him? Is this is this somebody that's going to be respected by the players? Is this someone that's going to be respected by the supporters? I think the thing you need to do is separate managing the team from running the team and building the team and and, and things that Ralph Ragnick has done for, for other clubs. But at the same time, you can point the finger and say, well, he managed other clubs and did well with them, but they were smaller clubs and he built smaller clubs. And this is a big club that he's tried to manage. And this is a big club that he's trying to not only build, but rebuild. And is this in line with what Ralph Ragnick has done before. Let's have a listen to what Ragnick had to say anyway. Ralph, that must feel like a very disappointing defeat. How did you see that? 
Yes, of course. I mean, if uh, if you don't score a single goal in 95 minutes, uh, uh, we have to be disappointed. I think we had a good start into the game, uh, had control over the game in the first 25 minutes. Um, should have created more uh, opportunities, more chances ourselves out of that domination in the first 25 minutes. Then we conceded uh, uh, a deflected shot, a goal with after a deflected shot, and uh, after that uh, lost a little bit of our composure and our stride. Um, second half, we were trying to add more creativity and more verticality with our substitutions, but uh, didn't always find and choose the right moment or the right. Uh, didn't take the right decision, um, and yeah, in the end. Couldn't, couldn't score a single goal in 95 minutes, as I said. Yeah, and their goal, of course, changed the dynamic inside the stadium as well. They got a real groundswell from the from Goodison Park crowd. Yeah, but that was clear that that happened. That, that, therefore, it would have been important to score the first goal ourselves. And this should have happened in the first half hour. Uh, and if not, it doesn't make life any easier for us. He was searching for a, a way through. Is, is that why Juan Mata came on? That's his first Premier League start, uh, appearance this season. Yes, as I said, I mean, we had to, to do something uh, because we needed a goal and I decided to bring with him more creativity in midfield and more verticality with Antonio Langa. But uh, obviously they were defending with uh, all their field, field players in the last uh, 35, 40 minutes and we didn't, find, uh, uh, we, did, we didn't find the right player at the right moment and um, had enough, not, all, not always enough players in the box when we played our crosses into the box. And, and just around the club at the moment, everyone's waiting for big decisions to come. Is, is there any sense that you feel that, that you're in limbo at the moment? Is the distractions going on? No, I don't think that this should be an excuse to nobody. I mean, we're Manchester United, all the players. We have a lot of international players. This cannot be an alibi or an excuse to nobody. We shouldn't be distracted by that. I mean, there will be a new manager next season. And if this is being announced now or in 10 or in 14 or in 20 days, um, should have no effect to a, to a game like this one today. You talked about get vital three points today and for the rest of the season. Is, is the top four gone now? We've, we've spoken about that uh, quite a few times. I mean, we are dependent on the other results, but as long as we don't win our own games, uh, we will never have good results from the other teams. So the only thing that we can do is stick together. Um, now we have Fred injured on top of Scott McTominay. That means both defensive sixes might be injured, um, hopefully not for too long. Um, yeah, and that's, this, that's all we can do and then prepare for the Norwich game. Thank you very much, Ralph. Thank you. I think the most significant thing to come out of that interview, because we're used to the excuses and the, the we're used to the good analysis. We've we've seen the the good analysis and the efficient breakdown of the game, but it hasn't led to to anything. It hasn't led led to us changing those things in the next game. So as much as it sounds good, we're used to hearing that. So I take nothing away from that whatsoever. I think the most factual thing that we got from that was the fact that Ralph Ragnick saying that he won't be in charge next season and there will be a new manager. Not that there was anything else that anyone believed, but to get that confirmed at the mo- at this moment in time, obviously Ragnick is the manager. Officially, there's been no announcement about Ten Hag and officially there's no announcement even that we were going to be getting a new manager next season. That's the first time that that's been said. But obviously, if you look in the media, it's very, very clear that we are getting a new manager and it looks like it's going to be Eric Ten Hag. And if you look at betting odds, he is the 1-20 to favourite. That's why we're not having any kind of market discussion on that either. 
What we are having market discussion about is the next Manchester United game. If you've listened to the EPL show, you will know there is a lot here for you on this show. And this will probably be the final time this season that we play a lock featuring Manchester United because it hasn't been great for us so far. They're at home to Norwich as the 1-4 to favourites. It's 21-4 on the draw and it's 11-1 to here on Norwich. The play for this game is going to be Manchester United minus 1.5 on the Asian handicap line at the price of 3-4. to This seems suicidal, obviously, because you're taking Manchester United to beat somebody by two goals. And on the other side of that coin, Norwich have lost four of their last six, but only two of those losses by uh, were by more than one goal. Man United also only won the reverse fixture 1-0 and Man United have won just one of their last seven games, which is why they're out of the top four race. But now I just feel they can relax. I think both teams can relax. I think Norwich know that they have no realistic chance of staying up, which is probably why they've played a little bit better as of late, picking up four points from the last six available. And I think if they come to Old Trafford with the approach to to play, instead of sitting back, and they've not exactly been one of those aggressive teams this season where you see teams come up, they know that they're inferior to the other Premier League teams and they try to use roughhouse tactics. Norwich haven't done that. And that's really been to their detriment where they haven't tried to be rough in certain games and stop other teams from playing. They've just played their own football and seen where it's taken them. And where it's taken them is back down to the championship. So they probably should have been a little bit more uglier in certain games. And I don't think they're going to take that ugly approach now. To be honest, last time they played Manchester United, they just outplayed Manchester United. Manchester United were lucky to win. And I think that will be on Manchester United's minds. Um, You can see from pictures on Instagram and other social media that Manchester United players do seem a little bit more relaxed. Some people will look at that and go, oh, why are you smiling? Why are you fucking around? You've had an awful season. None of you even deserve to be paid your wages, which is true. You can look at it and think that. But for me, from a betting betting perspective, I see a team whose season is over, but it's also a very talented group of players. And I think tomorrow what you'll see is that relaxed performance. At the same time, um, around Manchester, around Old Trafford, around Carrington Trading Ground, we have all of these protests. Um, We have a lot of people that are planning to miss the first, I believe, 16 minutes of the game, which is how long the, the Glazers have been in charge or have owned Manchester United. And I think the plan is to turn up at um, 16 minutes past three. And I think one of the things, because I'm, I'm actually on the database for that, um, and one of the things I saw is, let's be honest, you're not going to miss anything. Well, it would just be ironic if they if they did miss a blistering start by Manchester United by being outside protesting and they come into the ground and Manchester United are 2-0 up. Now, I'm not predicting that by any means, but what I am predicting is that Manchester United do have some kind of response. And even that sentence makes me makes me kind of cringe to say it because I know it's a sentence I've said at least twice here on the show saying that Manchester United are going to have some kind of response. But as I said, there's nothing to play for now. We're not going to get into the top four. The season is over. 
I guess if we're going to finish in a European spot, we better finish in a Europa League spot and don't have to endure the humiliation of the Europa Conference League. And that is the sad, sad goal that we are faced with here at the end of the season. Don't get into the Europa Conference League. Get into the Europa League. That is the goal, the sad goal for Manchester United here at the end of the season. That's it for me in this edition of Bet MUFC. Good luck with all your bets as always. And thanks for listening.